Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, waiting on a baby to be born. Talking to my today's co-host, Denny Carter, about hoping that doesn't happen during the show. That my <laughs> wife is kind of the Iron Lady, and that if she goes into yeah. labor during the show, she probably won't tell me. The important thing is that we have no backup plan, and <laughs> we actually that, don't. Yeah, that's key here. Is I just want everyone to know the backup plan is me just talking off the cuff for about thirty minutes. So I might just start reading the book I'm currently Yeah, just start reading the phone book. They'll still exist, right? Um, Definitely have a phone book. Read your book. Read some of the bad faith times. The offseason is getting going. We're going to talk. We're taking a spin on the quarterback carousel. The coaching carousel is over. A lot of quarterback news the past few days. Daniel Jones changing agents. Pro football talk reporting that he's apparently seeking $45 plus per season. (laughs) We'll get to that. We're going to talk about Jalen Hurts and likely going beyond $50 million a year. Uh, a Jets-Lamar Jackson connection. Jonathan Gannon talking about how he's going to use Kyler Murray. They're kind of try to rank maybe the five most quarterback needy teams from the spe- perspective of there's like 10 teams that need a quarterback, but maybe the five where like a quarterback would make the biggest difference. Say like the Jets, who would have made the playoffs last year. They had had anyone who could play the quarterback position. So it's going to be a quarterback-themed episode. We'll just begin really quickly on, you know, I've been waiting for this baby, so I haven't been traveling at all, Denny. First, you were on, you know, the Super Bowl, a.k.a. Arlington, Virginia soundstage. Um, (laughs) Then you got sent to Las Vegas for the FSGA conference. Got to see a lot of our friends. Yeah, Um, People are saying they actually did send you to this one, that you were in Nevada. Uh, So just how how was Vegas? How did it go? Uh, it was good. It was Vegas. Um, it was uh, al- alternately a lot of fun and the saddest place in America because yeah, uh, Vegas oh really has that. Uh, that, that it has a, there's, a, there's definitely a sad vibe to Vegas, but uh, I had fun uh, losing money in blackjack. Uh, that's something I enjoy doing. Uh, I actually, if, if you don't mind, I just have a quick blackjack story. So I sat down and uh, with an undisclosed amount of money. And I got down to about 5% of that money uh, after being just crushed by what I'll call variance. Some would call it (laughs) bad luck. Uh, And by the way, I follow the process folks, you know, I'm a process oriented guy. I abide by it. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going off the cuff on any of these hands. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going by gut feel. I'm ignoring Hope you I'm, enjoy it's being like, poor because it's it, all about gut feel. It's as, if, it's as if a robot is playing. So I get down about 5% of my original um, <clears throat> money uh, for blackjack. And uh, I, I actually do take great pleasure in reporting. I grinded my way back up to a hundred percent of the cash I started with. And then I cashed out. I said, I'm done. Oh. I thought you were going to say that you finally succumbed to making a gut call and then you were rewarded. I was uh, no, no, no. No, I didn't. I would never do that. But, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 you know what, Pat? It felt like a win. It was not a win. I ended up with just as much money. Yeah, but, uh, uh, quote, broke even that I started it. Yes, I broke even. The, the casino still stands today. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take down the casino. Some were wondering if I had done that, but no. Uh, but man, that felt like a win. It felt pretty good. It felt pretty good. 
Did you get a drink coupon for breaking even by any chance? Um, I asked. I did ask for a Miller Lite at one point, and uh, I'm still waiting on that Miller Lite. Actually. They haven't had they haven't had Miller Lite in Vegas since the mob doesn't run the town anymore. It, um, uh, too, it never uh, came. I also wanted to shout out Vegas for having thirteen dollar bottles of water. Oof, man! Tell you, the first thing I noticed in Vegas is when you uh, there's when you get off like when you like are leaving the concourse in the airport like go to baggage claim there's a giant sign that has two destinations written on it one is baggage claim and the other is liquor store yeah. and, and I had never seen that in an airport before and that's when I knew Vegas was was different was built different it was uh, it's it is built different uh, I, I there was one experience I had that was very Vegas um, I was actually watching the, uh, the the golf tournament in, at Riviera, which is in L.A. So I was on West Coast time watching the West Coast uh, event. And I was watching on like a 25-foot TV at Caesars, uh, at, at Caesars Palace, right? Uh, so I needed to use the bathroom, go in the bathroom. There is a man uh, just standing in the bathroom, not doing much. He has a <laughs> long red robe on and dark sunglasses. And he says to me, I'm here, but I'm not. <laughs> I, said, I said, you know what? That that actually makes a lot of sense. He said, and and then he said it was either the robe or a suit. I chose the robe. Was it the ghost of Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, it, he, it, he would never dress that flashy, actually. Just just looking at, at this man, um, I would say that he had a Hunter S. Thompson type of night. The, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm curious that you were at Caesars and not Bed MGM, Denny. Uh, uh, I. You're right, and uh, I did make I made my bets at M- at BetMGM or at, at uh, the MGM Grand. I want to make that yeah. clear to all NBC executives. I've stayed at the MGM. They they have the best lines, Denny. I had one more observation in Vegas, but mostly all my Vegas opinions. I've only been to the city for like two days. All my opinions are in the airport, which I think is just horrible. They need a uh, airport. It is a terrible airport, and I went to the wrong baggage claim with my you wife. Went, well, you went to the liquor store. No, I just went to yeah, and I had to go across the entire, the entire airport to go get my bag. It had been taken off of the turnstile thing, and uh, I had to seek it out. So I that was that was stressful and not fun. Uh, That's down outrageously bad. You were so wrong about the baggage claim. You just waited that long. I had to go. I had to get catch a catch a shuttle. When and did someone shuttle- come up to you? It was like, first flight, sir. Yeah, and the, the, the shuttle guy, the shuttle guy uh, was all closed up and ready to go. And I knocked on the door. I was like, "Excuse me, can I get on?" And he opens the door. He goes, "Get on!" <laughs> and so I get on the shuttle, and he he turns to somebody, so one of his coworkers, going to his colleagues outside. And he goes, "This is my last trip for the day. You know where I'll be." And then he shut the door. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is always I was like, welcome such, to Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Always such tenderness from airport employees they always have the gentlest touch with uh, us will be gone travelers but no you didn't go to the baggage claim because you went to the liquor store you took out a 20 dollar bill and said two white claws please and (laughs) you're informed that was only enough for one and a half white claws and then you lost your bag that's right and uh, as you know i will not have more than two and a half white no never have more than two and a half we will never have more than five and a half minutes of riffing (laughs) we're finished we're moving on to the quarterback talk and Daniel Jones, Denny, sending shockwaves through the nation on this holiday Monday, President's Day, Warren G. Harding Day, Chester A. Arthur Day. Oh uh, Pro Football Talk reporting that Daniel Jones is seeking $45 million plus per year. And 
we know this has become a champagne position and like, don't hate the player, hate the game. But uh, I think that uh, maybe I would not pay Daniel Jones 45 million, which it sounds like the giants are not Mike Florida reporting. They're probably going to franchise tag him, which is still an astronomical $32.1 million. But I mean, I think that's definitely like make Daniel Jones. You're talking about blackjack. Like, uh, yeah, make Daniel maybe what's the blackjack analogy I'm looking for with Daniel oh, Jones here? Well, yeah, I mean, make him do it again, basically. Signing signing him for 45 million is uh is is hitting on 19 when yes. the dealer has a four. Yes, yes. Make him do it again. Do not I mean and I don't think to I mean if Daniel Jones actually reached the open market, I mean, I can't believe any team would have that valuation. I mean, no one's gonna be like, well. I think our coach knows better what to do with Daniel Jones than Brian Dable. You know, Brian Dable, the first guy to ever unlock Daniel Jones. It took a stat from local, a local guy in here, St. Louis ESPN 101's Brandon Kiley tweeted that Daniel Jones has more career fumbles and interceptions than total touchdowns still. Wow. Even after his excellent 2022. I mean, I just, the 45 million, maybe it's just a posture and where if they do do a multi-year deal to get them closer, they're like 40 million a year. I, I just don't see any planet where 45. So uh, Daniel Jones is uh, both, both his passing EPA and his uh, rushing EPA increased significantly this year compared to the last two years with Joe judge as the head coach. And that, that almost goes without saying, because it couldn't have been worse with judge at the helm and Brian Dable knows what he's doing. Okay. And I really liked that Brian Dable as a long-term option. I don't like Daniel Jones as a long-term option, even, even with the, the, the improved numbers, you know, that he cut way back on turnovers on the He stage. did. I think he I think he might have led the league in interception percentage. No, I don't know why I interrupted you though. Continue. No, I, I think that's correct. Uh, even with all that, uh, if you if you put stock in pro football focus grades, he was uh ranked 20th, the 20th best passer of the season, uh, despite all that improvement behind guys like Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he also would not, he refused to attack downfield. He still uh, had one of the lowest downfield passing percentages in the league. So we don't, we actually know he can do it because he has been somewhat successful. We talked about this. We were both horrified to learn that he's actually a pretty good downfield thrower. Um, uh, just doesn't do it. Uh, but the most important thing going for Daniel Jones right now is that that, that playoff game against Minnesota was really good. I and believe he quote that- swagged out. And all that, <laughs> yes. that's, that's the fifth time I've heard you say that today. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and sometimes that's all that matters is that on a big stage, he stepped up, played really well as both a passer and a rusher. And, you know, maybe I know he's probably going to get tagged, but uh, teams would be interested in him. I think there's, there are at least a couple teams that would break the bank for him. I don't, I just don't know where I feel like savvier front offices are like, Unless we have a Brian Dable to help progressing this guy, like this probably won't be worth the financial risk. And I just like too, like putting him in another system, like would it be like his fifth right. system in like five years? I guess teams could though tell the opposite tale if he somehow did reach the open market. It doesn't seem like he's going to reach the open market, but if he did reach the open market, they could tell themselves the story. Well, he had this breakout year and he didn't even have any receivers because he didn't. The joke of a receiver core, obviously. Uh, by the way, I'm not going. If I were Daniel Jones, I would simply unlock Darius Slayton. By the way, I would I do mean, that. Um, Slayton's good. I don't. That's know. That's what I mean. Like throw yeah. to him, maybe. What is Down the deal? Field. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Why no one? Well, I guess Darian Slayton is. You mentioned that Vikings game. He did have a, a crippling drop that may have quote cost them the season. Because um, remember, he, at the end of the game, they, he could have ended the game, and he dropped a third down pass. They ended oh, up winning yeah, it anyway, was, of course. Well, one of the worst drops of the year. Yeah, one of the worst drops ever. But I, I think, man, either it should be the franchise tag, or there needs to be like a Tannehill type situation where it's like a two or three year deal. Yeah. It's more money than he should be getting, but uh, less money than he ultimately wants. Maybe around 40 million a year, which I'm saying now, it sounds like a bargain. It's crazy, but I would definitely, I think the Giants should just franchise tag him and make him do it again. Like I really, that can get really, really expensive because if he does do it again, then you're looking at, you've cost yourself a ton of money. Like if Daniel Jones happens to actually be good, but this seems like a situation where you've got to make the young man uh, do it again. Well, I, I think you saw his deficiencies on full display the week after that win yes. against the Vikings, uh, against the Eagles, where he just he stood no chance. And 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 that and that goes hand in hand with with a lot of his you know very like I said very much improved 2022 campaign. I'm not you can't take that away from him, and I'm not trying to. I will say that he is a product of game script, like a lot of quarterbacks that are who are not great right and so they play from ahead and things are okay for for daniel jones they play from behind and things generally collapse yeah they totally still like totally collapse if they're playing from behind basically and he did somehow lead the league in interception percentage by the way so it'll be the lowest percentage of his passes picked like that's absolutely crazy coming from early career daniel jones really really cut down on the fumbles too so maybe he has solved the turnover issue which was like the bare minimum of what he needed to do to revive his career. And he, he went beyond the bare minimum in 2022. But, I mean, he's just a fascinating case. See, we, we can have such a long conversation about him, like such a, like a many sides conversation. It is just like a totally fascinating case. Like a guy we didn't love as a prospect, then a guy that's got horrible coaching the first three, three or four years of his career, and now has finally found a coach, finally made some improvement, but is – the quarterback salaries are just kind of just in a no man's land right now. Like we're we've entered into like the next era of quarterback salaries and it just like makes your eyes water. I think um, I think it's clear that teams will do anything just to have a chance at at getting that long term answer at quarterback. Just just to have a shot. And there's just no way Daniel Jones is more than like a I feel like his best case scenario is being like the next Ryan Tannehill, which is fine. But I me, mean, that is value. That is valuable. I, I guess I shouldn't understell it. That is valuable. But I feel like if you're if you're getting on the Daniel Jones carousel, like that's that's what you're hoping for. It's the Ryan Tannehill 2.0. He is a better runner than Ryan Tannehill, I guess. But yeah, I think so. Well, at this point in their careers, for sure. Yeah. Well, definitely at this point in their careers. Anyways, enough about quarterbacks who may or may not be good. We have a quarterback who we know is very, very good now. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, probably honestly the best quarterback in the NFC at this point. And ESPN's Dan Dan Graziano, I'm sorry, Dan, I always forget how to pronounce your last name, reports the price has likely gone to $50 million a year or more for Jalen Hurts, which, again, just sounds crazy. Like, if you go through the list of NFC teams, like, can you? Th- is there an NFC quarterback that you think is, like, clearly better than Jalen Hurts at this point, Denny? Uh, an I NFC guess, quarterback? No. Dak Prescott, is, I no. guess, would be I mean, Aaron Rodgers if he stays Absolutely in the NFC. Absolutely I mean, God, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, in the NFC, I, no, absolutely not. 
when you combine, so I'm going to get really geeky here for just a second because I, I I I tweeted in support of a monster deal, monster extension for Hertz, uh, and and I was I was actually surprised. I really was at the shadow down amount of pushback. A lot of pushback. A lot. Of, some of it was silly. Some of it was like he fumbled in the Super Bowl. Well, this so, first thought you shouldn't have done this in your grandmother's nursing home on Valentine's Day. They were just trying to have a good time. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. That was that was my fault. But that uh, was your fault, anyway. Uh, but yeah, and I and I talked about how you know Deshaun Watson is going to make fifty five million dollars in this coming year, and how Kyler Murray starting in twenty twenty four is going to make fifty one and a half million. So I think Jalen Hurts is better than those guys. I didn't think that was a controversial statement, but apparently. It is extremely controversial, and I have insulted someone, the group of people I did not think existed, which are Kyler Murray truthers. We uh, used but, to be Legion. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I, I guess they 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 tunneled, tunneled underground over the past two years, and now they're, they're coming back. Uh, so the only two quarterbacks with a higher combined EPA plus uh, completion rate over expected. Okay, geeky. I'm going to get geeky. Yeah, okay, we, but this is a great, a great measurement of, of – of a player's really rushing and passing ability. Right? A stat my four-year-old son can understand. <laughs> yeah, my my sixty-eight-year-old dad cannot yeah, understand. Yeah. It, so. Continue though. Uh, only two guys higher than him: Mahomes and Tua. That's the list. Uh, so um, and yeah, Tua is uh, is up there. So, so yeah, it's an indictment of the list. Tua is quickly becoming the new Jimmy G. Uh, we're shy. He's in a Shanahan-inspired system. And so the computers just love the man so much. Chat GPT cannot get enough of our guy yeah. to a right. I mean, I, I think that that Shanahanian system uh, can make a good quarterback look great uh, statistically. Um, but yeah, so so Hertz is is way way up there this year. I'm scrolling down, Pat, because I'm looking for Kyla Murray, and Kyla Murray is ranked 24th in this metric. Um, just below Derek Carr and Kenny Pickett. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, Hertz is way better, and and he, I I think that the Eagles need to absolutely uh, base their entire future on Jalen Hurts under center. The great thing about Hertz, really, I know he missed some time with a shoulder injury, but for a mobile quarterback, first of all, he's strong as hell. Okay. Uh, he's he's big framed, so he he's, when he takes hits, they're not as tragic as some other mobile quarterbacks. And yeah, he's, he's so he's, strong. He is and so really strong. smart about taking hits. He angles out of bounds. He slides. Okay, he doesn't need to. He don't, and he always he doesn't always do it. But he's a very smart rusher. Combine that with a guy who is not not just passable, but really a good passer. I think you have a a, a, a you know franchise making quarterback. It's, the thing about Hurts is he's pretty much to the point where he basically played a perfect game in the Super Bowl, except for we talked about his deep ball, which has never been like the best deep ball was lacking in the Super Bowl because of the shoulder injury more than likely. But he basically played a perfect game in the Super I mean, aside from the lost fumble, which that, that was just a, a definition of a fluke play. It wasn't a soft fumble. Yeah, you know. He just lost it somehow. It wasn't the, a very, very unfortunate mistake there, but – Hurts, I mean, I just think he is kind of unquestionably the best quarterback in the NFC now. And the only bad thing about that is the for the Eagles, it just kind of like blow up their formula now because they were like the classic, uh, have like a really low quarterback cap number and have the rest of the roster be totally stacked, which the rest of the Eagles roster is just totally stacked. That's not going to be a luxury they can have anymore. 
but having a, an amazing quarterback who needs to get paid like is a good problem to have. And yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, that was just like the definition of a breakout year. And yeah, you do wonder about like, like the long-term upside hurt. I just feel like his arm is not amazing, but even with his, no. his hurt arm in the Super Bowl, though, like he was lofting these deep balls and like he was compensating for the lack of arm drive with like almost like perfect timing and placement. Like, I, I don't think people really realize quite how much he progressed as a passer last year. Like he, he is just the complete package and they've, they've got to pay him. And it's going to sting to go from low cap number to monstrous cap number, but they just have no choice. And no, uh, he's a luxury. They should be very, very thankful yeah. to have. What, what are they going to do? Let him walk or, or franchise them, their franchise tag him, and then, and then let him walk. No, I mean, yeah, come on. No, they want, no. You, you hit, you hit on a guy like this. You, you keep him around for as long as you can. I think they will extend him this offseason too, instead of franchise tagging him next year. The Eagles have always been a very proactive franchise and the, the quarterback cap numbers are only going to go higher. I do think they will get out in front and franchise tag him this year. You're talking about, Jalen Hurts a lot in relation to Kyler Murray, where you flag some comments from the new Cardinals coach, Jonathan Gannon, about how he's going to use Kyler Murray. And I thought they were very interesting. Last week, Denny, when you were not here, we talked about uh, – we talked, we put a bow in the coaching cycle, me, Kyle, and Corrine. And like, none of us were, like, overly impressed with the Gannon hire, but we, we didn't think it was, like, a bad hire. Like, we basically decided Gannon was, like, the worst hire of the cycle, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. But that if he's the worst hire, it's like a good overall cycle. I mean, he had a horrible Super Bowl. We we know all about that. Oh, we talked okay. about that yeah. ad nauseum on the podcast. Really bad. The past two weeks. But what? First off, tell people what the comments were he had about Kyler, and then tell us your take on the comments he had on Kyler. Yeah. So <clears throat> he had a an interesting take on on Kyler, and I'll, I'll read some of the quote he had during his introductory press conference. Uh, Gannon said that. Um, <clears throat> I think this offense will look much different, I guess, under his guidance. He says, quote, this guy talking about Kyler does things that uh, that is completely that it completely handcuffs you how you play defense. I think we can take him to another level and unleash his full skill set. We're not going to put him in the shotgun at all times. I'll tell you that we'll have two significant offenses with his skill set, one being under center and one being in the gun then obviously we're going to do what's comfortable for him now it goes on and on the the point is is that kyla murray has been in shotgun basically exclusively uh since coming into the nfl and gannon is saying we are going to have more under center plays i i don't really know where this is coming from because jalen hurts was among the league leaders in shotgun usage uh, this season. So he comes, you know, from a, from a system. Uh, I mean, I know he was defense, but he comes from a team that had great success with a, with a shotgun based offense. Um, but you know, maybe this is, this is a way of, uh, reducing, I don't know, the work, the load on, on Kyler Murray as the team's lone, uh, playmaker. And maybe, maybe that's good for him. It was interesting. I actually didn't know that stat about the Eagles and shotgun. I mean, when I pictured the Eagles offense, I pictured them in shotgun, but I just kind of assumed that they had a decent amount of under center. So it shows what I know. Um, yeah, no, they, they were, they were among the league leaders. Now that here's another quote from, from uh, Gannon. Um, he says they were in, they were in gun all the time. When you're in gun all the time, you don't make the defense defend certain types of plays. Now, 
when you get Kyler under center, the defense has to defend a lot uh, more types of plays. So there's two offenses for us. I mean, it's it's uh, something I don't think I've ever heard a coach say we're going to have two offenses. But no, uh, and it seems kind of like wishful thinking. But I think he's maybe getting like two separate things and kind of like weird roundabout ways where this maybe just his like long convoluted way of saying like the Cardinals offense was just way too predictable. That's right. And Maybe not really not like a shotgun or under center thing, but one of the most vanilla predictable offenses, like a no plan B offense whatsoever under Cliff Kingsbury the past few. I mean, it was just painful to watch at times where they seriously had no backup plan ever. Like it was just pitch and catch from shotgun Uh with Kyler and like this really uncreative play design, really horizontal. And then this might've been his convoluted way of saying, you know, we cannot be so predictable. So like one trick pony on offense. And also just maybe even though maybe even his memory screwed up on how often the Eagles went under center, but might also just be his long winded way of saying like, I'm coming from a team where we had a very versatile offense that could beat teams multiple ways. And this is a way of just saying, we're going to try to be game plan specific. We're going to try yeah. to be really versatile and not just have to rely solely. Yeah. And shotgun passing to beat you. And where he's just kind of making simple points in very long-winded ways. But I thought it was interesting where he's basically saying, I want to be like the guy who hired me in Philadelphia. I want to be like Nick Sirianni, and I want to be, have a versatile, adaptable offense. That's kind of what my ultimate takeaway from it was. Yeah, I mean, it'll be an adjustment for, for Kyler for sure. Uh, we're talking about a guy who has been under center on 2.9% of his NFL snaps. That is a league low, the only, uh, the, the only guy around, uh, only two guys in that uh, vicinity since 2020 are Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. Wow. Uh, shotgun usage. And I'm surprised you didn't get in a gratuitous short jab, gratuitous short jab at Kyler's under center. We know I would never. You, you have questioned Kyler's height many times in the past. I um, would never. He's a, he's tall. He's a tall he's man. He's taller than you and I are. We're very average height. Uh, he's slightly above uh, average. I don't know he's about probably that. about our height, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I think I he's mean, I think he's close to our height. Uh, I don't think with these Jonathan Gannon comments, I was the part a part you left a part out at the beginning of the comics. It wasn't uh, didn't matter to what you were talking about, but I found the way Jonathan Gannon's handling Kyler Murray pretty interesting because we've had a lot of coaches in recent years come into these situations with like uh, you know just a totally new situation, kind of like an up in the air quarterback situation. Kyler's contract's not up in the air at all, but his play has been. And like they've gone like very, very tough love. Like even Nick Sirianni took forever to commit to Jalen Hurts. Yeah. We talked about that a lot. He would not commit to Jalen Hurts. And like, so I wouldn't have been surprised if Jonathan Gannon came in and it would be like, no one's bigger than the team. You know, Kyler's gonna have to get with the program just like everyone anyone else. Where he's he is doing the exact opposite, where he he said, if Kyler Murray isn't here, I don't take this job. Uh <clears throat> so on and so forth. There's really, really praising Kyler Murray and going the complete opposite tack of what he could have done. Like I thought the Cardinals might hire a hard ass and try to be like, like take the car keys away from Kyler. Like I'm the leader of this team. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Gannon is taking the exact opposite approach. And I mean, it's very fascinating to say like what mind game to play with a guy like Kyler Murray, basically. Well, and he's going the very positive route. Gannon is such a player friendly coach that he makes laser noises when he meets players. I don't know if you saw it's that. True. That was, he said he th- bordering on cringe. Videos. bordering yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's one of the more cringe things i've seen in, in recent memory pew 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 yeah, what was said, that 
I don't know. He said oh. a few. He said some cringe videos, didn't he? Gannon, yeah, get get a hold of yourself, man. I, I mean, I know you're you're young and excited. <laughs> that that video that he posted was was also a selfie video. Uh, yeah, uh, Cardinals, he, Cardinals he, Nation. We're we're yeah. gonna. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna work hard. So. Cardinals Nation. We're riding directly into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and the social media guy whispering off my side, that's supposed to be good. <laughs> wow. Uh, sun, sun's hot. We're hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're going to pilot this right into the sun and to see what happens. <laughs> Cardinals Nation, we are riding 93 million miles away. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Every season is draft season. Get your Roto-World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. Packed with profiles, rankings, projections. Order today and get all three Roto-World Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BUNDLE5 to save an extra $5 at checkout. That is promo code B-U-N-D-L-E-5 to save an extra $5 at checkout. And, of course, do not forget to download the Roto-World app to receive breaking player news all off-season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your rosters. Get the latest injury updates, free agent updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Denny, you're going to be checking out the Rotorola baseball draft guide for all your baseball drafts that you're doing. Of course, I uh, I can't wait to grind uh, baseball a uh, baseball DFS for approximately two weeks and then get. Well, that's true. Yeah, Denny won't be reading the Rotorola draft guide, but I really will be. You all should. Matthew Poliot's rankings are amazing. The player profiles are amazing. Fantasy baseball draft season. I've already had a. I've had a minor. My fourth child, Denny, and this I do. I'm gonna have four kids. Swear to God, I'm not crazy. It's, it's not some weird thing. We just we just happen to really like kids. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it. Uh, anyways, but I've already uh, I've warned my wife that yeah. the first like big post baby event for me is going to be my home league baseball draft, and okay. already getting a little static on it. I uh, I I don't blame her honestly. Yeah, uh, I don't either. Getting a little static on it. Hey, can you tell me one thing about baseball? Is there is there something even? resembling like a zero RB strategy where you just completely go all in on a certain, uh, uh, play, uh, I'm sorry, position grouping or whatever. Yeah. I mean, fancy baseball is amazing because there's so many different crazy things you can do compared to football because the player pool is so much deeper and the player pool is replenished all season long. So I mean, there's lots of people who like only take power early and like, I'm going to find innings on the waiver wire Okay. You, know, you, you it's much easier to punt categories in baseball because there's first off there's just way more category. Well, for, a lot of times it is just roto based too, but a lot of baseball is head to head with categories and not total scoring. So you go head to head mm. in the ten or twelve categories that week, and it's not just total points. So you can make the decision to a lot of people now just punt saves because closing has gotten so weird. There aren't nearly as many set uh, closers yeah, anymore. Yeah. People punted steals for a long time because steals have been way down, but yeah, this is not a joke to any. They've made the bases bigger this year. I know. I uh, saw yeah. they're really big. They're big. There was a viral image that was, uh, <laughs> that was wrong. That was a joke. People were falling for They're not I as big thought. as one of the, the viral image was, but they are much bigger. But yeah, baseball, they there's the, the kind of builds you can do in season long baseball are almost literally mm-hmm. limitless. Um, really? Okay. So, know. so what one is just to take power hitters wet for the first four or five rounds. Yeah. Big one is just to like, like 
operating under the assumption that it's always going to be easier to find innings than power on the waiver wire. Okay. Okay. Even that has kind of been turned on its head because starting pitcher innings are at an all-time low. They were they were at a true all-time low in 2021. They ticked up ever so slightly in 2022. But so baseball, you know, is going through yet another revolution. Um, but yeah, it used to be. There's a lot of people believe in just take the offense, worry about the pitching later. You can okay. always improve your pitching staff. You can't always find someone who's going to hit 30 home runs. But even that is being is being. Tested. Yeah, it sounds like so. I I I tend to lean in that direction. I want the offense. Can Season you- long fantasy baseball is honestly like the most fun chess match there is in fantasy sports. It is so so much fun. It's a war of attrition. It's who, whoever's standing at last. Well, no, it's that's the thing is that fantasy football honestly is much more of a war of attrition. Really, baseball. There's a lot of injuries. Yeah, yeah, but like. Baseball too, like one injury is not going like, to ruin your season. Oh, okay. Where like if your second round pick, it's a big deal, gets injured in fantasy baseball, like you don't want that. But your season's not just like automatically over. Where in football, you know, Christian McCaffrey hurt in week three, like well, uh, I just lit a hundred dollar bill on fire. Hope Ben Franklin likes burning in hell. Um, yeah, I, I will say uh, I remember some good sweats back when I Sunday night sweats when I used to play the the ten category uh, yes. fantasy baseball. Where I would have a guy playing Sunday night baseball, and uh, needed needed two hits, you know, and uh, to 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 get over the hump. And you're just, you know, ninth inning, the guy's up, and you're just tilting your face yeah. off. Please, one time, one time. It's insane. There's so many games in baseball, and it always somehow comes down to Sunday night baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. My, I love standard five by five, but we I always make it six by six, where I add quality starts and on base percentage, Denny. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, and, and by the way, I know we'll get back to football in a second, but the the change in uh, uh, the shift. There's no more shift, right? There's no more shift, so, but there's there's going to be some shenanigans still, though. Does that? But does does that inflate certain guys' value? I mean, it's got it's got to change their value completely. A lot of people think that the changes won't be as drastic as people are hoping. Okay. But yeah, I mean, left-handed power hitters, aside from like the truly elite left-handed power hitters. We're just getting driven to like extinction. Oh, okay. And a lot of right-handed guys were getting shifted too and like having their careers altered. Like I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Like Matt Carpenter just had his career ended by the shift. Really? He just like couldn't it. So a lot of people say, oh, I just hit it the other way. I know. I know. Rod Carew hit it the other way. So, well, yeah, now they throw uh, 98 mile an hour sinkers <laughs> and, and 99 mile an hour sliders. So right. you can't really just go the other way as easily. And Rod Carew was hitting against plumbers. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> and so a lot that's fantasy baseball is crazy this year because a lot of people are trying to game out what the effects of all these rule changes are going to be. Right. And the answer is just no, like no one really knows. It's going to mm-hmm. be totally, totally different. Speaking of totally different, Denny, yes. uh, NBC Sports' Peter King, I've heard of him, I believes have. the New York Jets could seriously consider, quote, trading for Lamar Jackson if they are unable to acquire Aaron Rodgers certainly seems like they're going to be unable to acquire Aaron Rodgers, who already – I think he was on your flight to Vegas last week, right? And he, Aaron Rodgers. Is he out of the darkness? I, I lost track. No, I think he's still in the darkness. Really? But uh, he wants to join the darkness, though. The silver and black is my impression. He still could go to the Jets, but Peter King, yeah, if they strike out. So they're the second team in a row that's like tried to do like a Nathaniel Hackett honeypot for Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, we hired Nathaniel Hackett. Now you yeah, got to sign yeah. here. And then he just doesn't. Um, it worked. It worked for De- Denver. It's not <laughs> it work. worked for Denver. It will work for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what the question is here, other than yeah, what would Lamar to the Jets? I, like, I mean, I, I honestly, like, 
I, I think uh, Robert Sala is a good coach. I think that it was a huge mistake to let go of, McDa- of uh, not McDaniel, Mike LaFleur. Uh, yeah. Mike LaFleur. I was, it was, it was a, yeah, no, it, I think it, it was a humongous mistake. Huge mistake. Too. I don't know. I, I don't know why he had to fall on the sword. He was not the problem. I think you put Lamar in that offense with all those pieces. It would have been a, a healthy extraordinary. Line. I, I think I think the Jets are a terrifying team. With I do too. Uh, so I mean, I would have to apologize to all my Jets haters on Twitter and say, I'm now I'm now a Jets fan. Um, they should make this happen. This is my opinion. I, whatever whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I mean, Lamar Jackson is a whatever it takes. Much more so than some of the whatever it takes quarterbacks recently. I mean, much more so than Russell Wilson, even before the weirdness. I would have said that last year, obviously. Uh, much more so than Matthew Stafford. Yeah. But man, just the idea of Lamar with Nathaniel Hackett is so depressing. Like, so, so depressing. It is. And that that's why I I guess I don't want it to, to happen, really, is because Nathaniel Hackett, at best, is a, is a mediocre play callers is a mediocre offensive coordinator. So I, I just, I feel like it's a recipe for disaster for Lamar with, with, with Hackett, but man, does that offense is begging for like just a, just a viable quarterback. So you don't, you don't have to, obviously it's not Lamar or bust, but for the jets, but like, I like, I think, I think, I think Derek Carr would be a very nice fit for the jets. I think they would be a playoff team with him. Oof, man, I don't know. Derek Carr does seem like maybe he's just be perennial fool's gold, but no, I, I, I agree. They, they make the playoffs compared to Zach Wilson. Yeah. They make the playoffs last year if they have Derek Carr. There is zero yeah. debate there. So I was trying to tie a bunch of things together. We'll get into what you're going to talk about, maybe like the five quarterback neediest teams. And I think the two quarterback neediest teams, from a literal needs perspective, they don't have a quarterback, and just like a roster improvement perspective, like if they get this quarterback. They're instantly a viable team. I think number one is the Jets because yeah. it was just clear. Like you could just see it with your own eyes last year. Like if this team had a quarterback, they were a playoff team. Like really, really good. Team. Yes, absolutely. They, they didn't score a touchdown the last three weeks. No, it's really that simple. If they had had a quarterback, they would have been a playoff team. I think the second team. Maybe I'm overrating the talent on this team. I, I think it's the Panthers. And you wanted to talk about the Panthers putting together a really good coaching staff. I think the Panthers, if they have a great quarterback-minded head coach in Frank Reich, or if they got a quarterback, I think especially in that division, they're just like a, a dangerous playoff team. So to me, they're the two teams where landing a quarterback would make the biggest difference. And in my head, I, for, with the, when I've thought about the Lamar Jackson situation, going back to like November, I like viewed like the, the Panthers as like a stalking horse for him and what would be like an amazing fit for him. And I, what do you th- do? You agree that the Panthers may be on the Jets level of like they're like at least a good team. Mm-hmm. If they land Lamar yeah. Jackson, and where would you rather see him if you could choose? Would you rather see him with the Jets or the Panthers? Or maybe talk about the Panthers coaching staff. Man, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Panthers are, are are building a really great coaching staff. Obviously, Frank Height, Frank Reich was it was a great hire. Uh, offensive, yeah, offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, who was a hot name on. Uh, the the market this season. Uh, you have Deuce Staley as the running backs coach. They hired Josh McCown as the quarterbacks coach. Offensive line is uh, James Campen, who is very well thought of in in league circles. Uh, I I mean this this team found found a way with with basically nothing in the offense except for DJ Moore and with Sam Darnold under center for most of it. 
they found a way to almost make the playoffs in a in a very bad AS uh, NFC South. Now you have a Bradyless Bucks team, okay? That's going to be down bad for you. Yeah, I love that word, Bradyless. Bradyless, I, yeah. I, I do too. I do Hell too. Yeah. It's actually sick how much I love it. I know. Um, Sorry, uh, uh, some people might not understand the Brady hate. You don't understand what it was like. We were there on the ground floor. I mean, I yeah, was literally right. a St. Louis Rams fan. You it, have to understand what we've been through. Twenty years of torture at the. You got to understand. I mean, the Brady's coming out party was against my team when I was mm-hmm. in high school. So you just have to understand where this hate comes from. Okay, and I was a Dolphins fan, so yeah, that, so was, that can, was also very tough. You got to know where we're coming from when we've yeah. hated this man for two decades. Falcons down so bad, uh, and uh, <clears throat> and the Saints. Come on, come on, Saints. Saints are a bottom five team. So uh, I, I think the Panthers are in in a really good position. Also, they also got another um, what the Zoomers are calling hot coach uh, th- this week in wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson. Uh, so I, I, I think it, it all lines up to a team that, that could easily take the South, could easily make the playoffs. And I know we just talked about the Jets having a lot of all really good offensive pieces, uh, but I think stability-wise and the fact that the Panthers don't have Nathaniel Hackett, if I had to choose one, one uh, destination for Lamar, it, it, would, it might be Carolina. I think the Panthers, just listening to you talk – made a variety of good points might be a better push button job than even the jets even though i like the jets overall 53 man roster talent better i mean that's a division with bill belichick with josh allen with a dolphins team that just made the playoffs or like if you slap a quarterback on this panthers team you slap lamar jackson on this panthers team they're just the runaway favorite in that division. Yeah, yeah. or the jets you put even lamar jackson on the jets they're not going to be the betting favorites to win the, the AFC East. The Bills will be. You know, like They're just the runaway favorites for the NFC South if they landed a player of Lamar Jackson's count. Even if they landed Aaron Rodgers, the Panthers would be the runaway favorites for the NFC South in 2023. So the Panthers might honestly be like the team. Like If you put a quarterback on this team, like you're looking at a playoff team. Um, even more than the Jets, I've tried. I've switched my own argument in the middle of our show. I know. Well, I I think the the difference is I think the Jets personnel overall is better. It 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 unquestionably is. I think um, the coaching situation in Carolina has really really improved since the start of last season with Matt Rule. So we're we're hoping we're hoping that that makes the difference here. I sent you a list of teams. I kind of ranked them in order, but so we talked about the Jets. We talked about the Panthers. Who do you think? So a list of teams I sent you was the Commanders, the Raiders, the Bucks, Saints, the Falcons, the Colts, were teams that at least in theory could be transformed into at least like an interesting team if they land a good quarterback. Yeah. After the Jets and the Panthers, who do you think is like would be the most dangerous team from that list of say they landed like a, a Lamar Jackson, or an Aaron Rodgers, even a Derek Carr, et cetera? Who do you think is the next most dangerous team from again the Commanders, Raiders, Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Colts? Man, there's Raiders, Saints. Uh, definitely, definitely not the Colts. Um, no, I put the Colts I, last. I did yeah, put the Colts yeah. last there. Well, they they could be a little lively. Like they're not like if they got an actual good quarterback. Like I wouldn't be shocked if they went like ten and seven. Even though the roster is deteriorating, I wouldn't be shocked if they went. Like oh 10 man, and seven. I don't know. I I I have trouble with that one. Um, yeah, I, I I guess I guess the the Raiders are in a decent position. Um, I think the next maybe, tier after the Jets and Panthers is the Raiders and the Commanders. Yeah. 
So speaking right. of the Raiders. Yeah, I struggled with those two, but I, I, I would go with the Raiders. I mean, the, just the fact that you have Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs right there. I mean, I think that, that those are that that makes that offense very, very appealing. Uh, not to mention Darren Waller. Um <clears throat> You're so gonna, I, you're gonna you're gonna do Hunter Renfro like that? I I am I am gonna <laughs> <laughs> do Hunter Renfro like that, uh, and and uh, I think it makes it a a really appealing spot uh, for Aaron Rodgers actually, and uh, I think that with him they they're probably a playoff team. Although I don't know the, the division they, is such a stumbling block. Um, I mean, is the division really that intimidating? Besides the Chiefs. I mean, you have like you have like the guaranteed like conference number one yeah. seed in your division, and then you have some mm-hmm. underachieving type teams. But you do have Justin Herbert, I mean, who is coming but, off a playoff berth, and you do have Sean Payton. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think I you a Broncos team that at best will be mid, as the kids say. Oh man, I think you have a you have a perennially mid Chargers team. Oof. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't get what the, the, beyond the chiefs, the, that division is not scary. It's not scary as it was constituted in 2022. I, I do think there's been some facelifts and we do, we, we, the, the chargers are taking steps to unlock Justin Herbert. They got off the Joe Lombardi train. I mean, Sean Payton is just, he is a game changer for Denver or at the very least, like, even if like they go like seven and 10, like you've got just two two much tougher divisional games there than you yeah. did last year, where the Broncos were just a joke, and they were like one of the stop the layovers on your your flight to the AFC Championship game. I, they did play the Chiefs weirdly tough last year. Um, I think I think the uh, I think Washington is is interesting here as a landing spot. I do think Sam Howell has has appeal has 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 long term appeal. Not as a not as like a, a game breaking type type play but but as a as a game manager i think that he can be he can be fine in that role in fact i think somehow seems destined to be like the next heartbreaker to me i don't know i i I think i think the commanders really messed up in not giving him half a season under center they did the worst of both worlds where like they it's like there's like basically not a worse thing because even like really smart football people like you can understand that it was only one game but even if you're like you're the most process oriented person in the world, you're gonna I can't read too much into one game. But man, it was quite a one game. Am I right, folks? It was like, pretty good. They left this one impression of their head of Sam Howe, where it's like it really could tempt them. I think to making a horrible decision. Like Sam Howe, you should, no one should go into the season with Sam Howe. They're unquestioned. He probably he should have some competition for he sure. Should. Like they needed to give him like a five or six game, which I yeah. guess they were couldn't because they were in the playoff mix. Look, but they, they had the worst of both worlds now, where they they did give him a look, but it was for one game, and it created like an unrealistic. Uh, I think I think Eric Bieniemy brings a, a a modern notion of football to Washington that was sorely that has been sorely lacking under Ron Rivera, and I mean not not to speak too long on this, but that the awkwardness of the enemy clearly being the head coach in waiting uh, when Rivera is still there. I mean, I, I don't really know how that's going to be. Yeah, uh, Eric should just be the head coach of the commanders. Like, I think, I think that that, that would be the move uh, is, was to right after the season say, Ron, thank you for your service. We're, we're going with a, 
with a more innovative, modern approach to the game because Rivera is just the 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 boomer stuff, the boomer football that Ron Rivera preaches, it just doesn't, it just can't work in 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 today's game. Hyper conservative on fourth downs, you know the Riverboat Ron thing. No more, no more of that. Okay, Riverboat Uh, Ron was just known as Cam Newton doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, right. He was saying, "Oh, Cam Newton can pick up fourth and two. Go ahead, go ahead and do that." But you know, besides that, like like some of the worst in-game decision making in the entire NFL, uh, I I I am you know cautiously optimistic about the enemy and Howell and the Washington offense going forward. Man, I just, the Sam Howell thing, I think, could end up a total. This is no pun intended, but like a truly, but like a total howler of a decision. <laughs> it could be. It could be immediately infamous. Honestly, like, Pat, that sounds like an intended pun. <laughs> what do you think is more likely week one starter, Sam Howell or Jarrett Stidham in Vegas? Oh, my God. How? Okay. I mean, I, I think if they miss Son on Rodgers, man, no one – the power of belief courses through Josh McDaniels. Oh, he God, really, really believes in himself. He traded for Jarrett Stidham. Oh, like he, he turned to him to be the end-of-season starter. I could see if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, Josh McDaniels convincing himself that he's the Stidham whisperer. And ah. um, I don't know. I don't know. But the commanders, man, I just, I, I think they could be trapping themselves. Who do you think would take a bigger leap forward with a real quarterback, the Saints or the Falcons in the AFC South, where, where um, quite literally all four teams need a quarterback in the AFC right. South? NFC South, excuse me. I mean, for as kind of backward and super run heavy as Arthur Smith's offense was this year, the Falcons were were not bad per EPA. You know, like and they, they, they were, become a death star with Lamar Jackson. They right, they were adding a lot of expected points. Let's put it that way. With, <laughs> with, with, with an offense that that was almost designed to like run out the clock and like shorten games and like you know not move the ball super efficiently, but yeah, right. I mean, I, I, Lamar in Atlanta becomes really, really interesting. Uh, I, I, I will say that maybe it doesn't matter, uh, as much beyond the Lamar thing. Lamar, Lamar matters. Lamar is a huge difference, but like if it's not a superstar quarterback, maybe it doesn't matter because that team is just relentlessly run heavy, no matter what's happening. Yeah, Derek Carr, he, that could be a place where he could go like 10 the store and they could go 10 and 7. I mean, and he would just be the, like handoff machine there. Yeah. They would, yeah, there'd be some really, really sick like official team account highlight reels of Derek Carr handing the ball off in Atlanta. Right. Did you see that toss to Tyler Algie? Yeah, it's a flip, like a really dramatic, you know, like when the quarterback does like that front, that forward flip. Uh, and they zoom it, yeah. in on like the EDM yeah. is just pulsating yeah. and the ball, you know, is flipping out of Derek Carr's okay. hand. And like, it was a social media guy that just had like the best day of his life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The drop coincide. Exactly. And then, yeah, the ball lands in Algiers hands and that's when the video speeds back up again. And then the ra- the Falcons radio announcer comes in. Algiers gained six yards. Right. And, uh, the, the, t- the video will be titled QB one. Yeah, of course. Goes without yeah. saying. Uh, I don't know who the Bucks. I mean, are the Bucks the quarterback away? I really wasn't sure where to put the Bucks on this list. I, the, I, 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 the Bucks. The, the Bucks, Bucks might be like in like their roster needs to be imploded, um, like an old sports arena. 
And are the are the Bucks? Are, would you say the Bucks? If the Bucks had Derek Carr, are they going to win the AFC, the NFC South? No, uh, no, no. Yeah, no. That 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 team's going to stink, man. That that team stunk with Brady, and Brady was Brady was fine last year. He was fine. Like, he, he wasn't great, but he was fine. But no, that that the Bucks, the Bucks should seriously consider if you're listening, Bucks. You should seriously consider blowing it up completely and starting from scratch because it doesn't work. It doesn't work now. I mean, this team could very easily go three and fourteen this year. Yeah, uh, and yeah. it's it's weird because they do have they still have a lot of talented players, but like the roster's got too old, too oriented around Brady. I mean, not not that it was a bad thing. It was good that the roster was oriented around Brady, but. Yeah, they, they are a fiasco waiting yeah. to happen. Uh, you know, the 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 kids, the Zoomers, will soon discover uh, what we grew up with, which is a Tampa Bay Bucks team that stinks. It stinks. Yeah. Stadium, 40% full. 30% yeah. of those are opposing fans. Um, I mean, that was kind of happening even with Brady. Like, they would sell out, but like, opposing I, fans were still taking over the stadium. I don't know the exact numbers right now on, uh, like, a, a trade of Mike Evans, a trade of Chris Godwin – and when I say exact numbers, I don't know any of the numbers, but I yeah, would say, I you know, you 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 consider those things right now. Moving major pieces to teams, contending teams, stocking up on picks. What would you trade for Mike Evans in Dynasty right now? <laughs> Dynasty, I don't know. <laughs> would you trade a third round pick for Mike Evans? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would for sure. Still, that's definitely even if it's only for one year. That that's like easy money. Oh yeah, you um, you do that for sure. You do that for sure, even if it's Kyle Trask. Starting a quarterback, even if it's Blaine Gabbert, you do that. Um, it can't be, if, though, right? They can't do that. They're not going to go. They, they they, I, I see Bucks fans saying, Oh, well, we have Trask. No, you don't. No, he's not, he's not even going to dress next year. No, okay? yeah, stop. Yeah, just that's not that's a classic. Just stop. Yeah, <laughs> come on. No, 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 no. The show is a classic. Just stop because it's over. Uh, we're done for the day. Some good quarterback talk. There'll be a lot more quarterback talk because Derek Harbett will sign this week. Aaron Rodgers could be traded this week or next. And Aaron Rodgers will be traded, even though you can't officially be traded. Like the Rodgers trade, I think, will probably be announced in the next week or two. There's going to be a lot of quarterback movement. So keep it locked to NBC Sports Edge slash Roto World. Keep it locked to the show where I, I don't think I'll be here Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before the show. Yeah, well, um, I will be your host, folks, with possibly Kyle Dvorak and possibly Patrick Corain. We will look into that. They will look into it very powerfully, very strongly. Maybe <laughs> I'll call in from the hospital, um, tell you guys what to talk about. Order, yeah, like I might not be here, but I'm going to be dictatorial on how you're you going to be watching show. on Twitch and screaming at us the I entire will, time. I actually, maybe I will do that from the hospital. Um, <laughs> I don't know what my wife is late. I mean, maybe I, maybe I'll join the show with you. I don't know. I, I'm not going to be here Thursday. Denny and, will be and live, and live from the delivery room. We bring in Pat Darty. <laughs> what do we say about the Rogers trade? Yeah. And you see me in the delivery room. And for some reason, it's a man in a suit. You're like, I was expecting to see maybe your wife and nurse is like, that's my divorce attorney. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, podcasting from the hospital. She divorced me. His so. name is Johnny Suits. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you have that to look forward to. So for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. He'll be back later in the week. I'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you later.